johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Another edition of Sports Insider Radio, 5-3-23. How you doing, Mike? Doing great. It was, uh, yeah, we still are in the summer months. The draft was last week. I was very excited about the Ravens and finally signing Lamar. Because since the last time we had uh, done this radio show, we were still not sure who the quarterback was going to be. But Lamar is signed. He got what he wanted. He didn't have to pay an agent. He saved himself about $7 million. Um, all is good in, uh, at the bank here in Baltimore, Maryland. We have, a, we have a clear offense now that I do believe, if they stay healthy, could definitely compete with the craziness of the quarterback competition in the AFC. I mean, it is stacked when you have Aaron Rodgers coming here. You have, uh, you know, you still have Patrick Mahomes. You have Joe Burrow. You have um, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. I mean, we are stacked in the AFC with legitimate, you know, quarterbacks at the helm. And the draft is always cool. It's always exciting. You know, you just don't get that at any other sport where it's a, you know, the first round at least. Everybody's pretty pumped up about who they're taking and, and moving up and trading away. And, you know, they added another weapon. Uh, we got a guy named Zay Flowers, who's a prototypical um, Ravens wide receiver that we draft, which is under six feet. So, you know, they relate more to you, John, with the height. And, look, he's fast. He's quick. I, I always believe, you know, a guy with Lamar's toolkit and tool set that you need somebody that's bigger that could go up and get the ball, but for whatever reason they keep drafting these short, quick, wide receivers. So, look, I am not EDC. I am not making the decisions and drafting players and and finding those diamonds in the rough from the draft. But they seem to know more than I do, so I'm going to trust their judgment and hopefully that with a healthy Lamar a healthy Odell Beckham, a healthy Rashad Bateman, a healthy J.K. Dobbins. I mean, that's a lot of ifs um, that we could definitely do some damage. So 
On the other side of the ball, defensively, we're stacked. So it's exciting to see that now with that defense that was mauling people last year and Lamar being healthy in a, in a full offseason with a brand-new coordinator that we could do a lot of damage. I'm, I'm excited to see what they'll do. I mean, right now I think they're third in the AFC um, in, um, in odds to make it to the Super Bowl. So hopefully we could just stay healthy and, and have a very fun season like we did years back when I remember your son would do the big trust and he would constantly text me, and it was, you know, it was insane when we were 13-3 and three and we had the most rushing yards ever for a team. So hopefully we just get there this year, but um, that's my Ravens talk for the day. Obviously, I'm excited. This is something that I look forward to with the draft. I did not cash my ticket, John. Mr. Richardson did not go number one. Um, for all the new listeners that have never – listened to our show before and first of all congratulations to being on fm radio hopefully we have a lot of new subscribers and new listeners to the show now that we are live on fm in las vegas but um i had a very good ev ticket on richardson i got it at um plus 7500 and he at one point was as low as plus 350. So there's a lot of EV value there. I also, so obviously that one didn't cash. The other EV ticket that we had was for uh, Will Anderson, the, the edge rusher from Alabama to go number two overall. A lot of good EV value on that one as well. Also didn't cash that one because the same team that drafted him decided to take a quarterback at number two and then trade up and him going number three, which is, in my mind, a pretty bad beat. But obviously, from the positional standpoint, um, knowing that the quarterback was gone at two, they could, they could sneak up to three when they got their quarterback and still get the player they wanted at three overall. So, look, that's, that's what we do here. We're not magicians. We don't make every single trade that comes to fruition but when we're getting these positive ev wagers out there and we have a structured business model where we believe that if we constantly stick to our guns and and find that ev value that long term we're always going to be profitable like our our good friend in georgia micah smith crushes golf does he crush golf every weekend absolutely not but when he does hit and he's getting those crazy odds on those underdogs, they pay for the entire year. So what I could tell to the listeners, you have to follow the model and not get leery well, or let's, and try let's, to, you know, go ahead. Let's, let's talk about the listeners for a second. So this is, um, I'm going to log in right now. And uh, why I'm logging in, I'm going to get you some data. Why is it then with all these changes with the Ravens, why I get you this data? Why is it that there, we are in the 10th spot on the futures? I mean, we're like Rodney Dangerfield. We're getting no respect. We're plus 2,500. I'm actually logged into an account right now. I'm not going to name which one. So for all the listeners in order, number one, Kansas City. Number two, Philadelphia. Number three, San Francisco. Number four, Buffalo. Number five, Cincinnati. Number six, Dallas. 
Number seven, the Jets. Number eight, Detroit. Number nine, Miami. And number 10, the Baltimore Ravens, who share that spot at the same odds with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So why is it, with all these changes and Lamar, we are 10-11 with Jacksonville in terms of the odds, plus 2,500? I want to hear why we didn't move up in the rankings. I'm not talking about the win the AFC, blah, blah. I'm talking about odds to win the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, they're still, the odds makers are still not confident that this team will be healthy enough to make a Super Bowl run. Um, they're going off past history. And in, in, now, in a sense, now you of, know our. Well, you know our partner in the office wanted to make well, we're a future bet on Jackson. We're not talking about statistical history. We're talking about okay. health. Health matters. We're not talking about years of what their record was, what the offensive you know, yards per game. We're not talking about anything statistical. They're just going off health. They're seeing these players that are coming off injuries. Lamar has not finished a year the last two years. Odell Beckham has been hurt. Um, he's coming off a year-long um, rehab of of an uh, ACL on the other knee. Um, J.K. Dommins just came off injury and just finished the year last year. Um, Bateman has been hurt his first two seasons. So when you add all that together, um, they're just not giving that team the credibility to say, all right, well, he's been hurt for a couple of years now. He starts the year off hot, but he just can't stay healthy. So obviously those odds will change just like they always do with every team throughout the year. But going into the year, the odds makers are set. If you said, look, this team is coming off, they're healthy, they finished the year, all these players have uh, don't have that injury bug um attached to them, maybe it'll be different, but preseason, no matter what, I mean, talent wise, if you throw out a team, you know, just by paper value of what they can produce if healthy, we're a top three team in the league, hands down. But with those injury concerns, just like Vegas, they see that, um, they're not going to give it that much value even though Lamar is signed. I was wondering to know, because I, I really didn't check it before the season starts. Do you remember what they were pre-Lamar signing? I do not. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much they jumped up just from him. It's got to be substantial. I mean, I can't imagine with Tyler Huntley as a starting quarterback that we'd be, you know, the 10th best team to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's it's... To be decided, obviously, if you have faith in the Ravens like I do, you already got down at that price, and you have a futures ticket on them, knowing that if they, uh, you believe like I do, which I'm optimistic, I always am, um, even when Brian was on the show uh, before his late passing, me and him would go back and forth about the Bills-Ravens, and listen, we still have that uh, competition, no matter what, it's... I will be uh, eating chicken wings. I'll be eating virtual chicken wings that he'll be sending to me once the Ravens win the Super Bowl and the the Bills do not. Got it. All right, so let's talk about the listeners. 
This is our 390th recorded show. That's 7.48 years. Well, obviously, I've been on the radio for about 10 years, but since we started archiving, this is the first, this is the 390th show. We've had some, maybe, there's probably more that we didn't pose due to technical issues, but we're going to just call it what it is. 389 shows are online. This is, as we say, not our first rodeo, but it is our first rodeo for people that are listening on FM 107.1 in Las Vegas, as we normally have fans all around the country listening online, as well as in Las Vegas on 1400 AM. So if you're listening and you just happen to flip onto the air, what are you listening to? We're professional bettors that supply information from major betting groups to our clientele. If you're expecting a sports radio show to talk about the normal things sports radio shows talk about, that's not what we do. We're here to educate people that are driving up and down the Strip or they're over near Green Valley or they're up in Summerlin and they're shaking their head, why me, why me, why me, how did I lose that game, how did I lose that game? Because you think, because you live in Las Vegas, it gives you an edge. When the reality is there's no edge, whether you live in Las Vegas or whether you live on the moon or in any of the 33 other states that are legal, like the state of Nevada, going forward with sports wagering. So we try to give people the business side of the betting world where it's very unemotional. It has nothing to do with today's games the fanfare of, did you see this guy hit a three-pointer at the buzzer? It's very boring in terms of uh, that daily, normal, mainstream media excitement, but it's very informative and educational, which is why not only do people listen live, they listen archive, they go back and they re-listen, and hopefully we can help some new listeners out there that are listening learn how to stop burning their money especially the ones that are local residents in Las Vegas that, you know, don't really do any better than the tourists that fly in on the weekends. So uh, I just wanted to talk about that. And now, Mike, let's transition before we get to baseball or do things a little reverse today. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. Right now, the favorite is Boston plus 230, Denver is plus 290, Phillies plus 430, Lakers are plus 600, and Golden State's plus 650, and the Suns are plus 1,300. Beside Boston, which I'm not sold on yet, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't put a little ticket on the Suns, you know what I mean, plus 1,300, or or do you think it's just a... No, the, the Suns, I think, I mean, after, again, the eyeball test, and our good friend that... that does all the NBA for us has been spot on. He's had the Denver to win the series ticket um, before the series even started. Um, it, you know, he, he looks for value and, and the advantage is like, we're not mercenaries to just worrying about today's game, right? We're here and we're looking at it from a long-term standpoint. He had the nuggets to win the series. He had the 76ers on a, all on dog prices to win the series. And from what I'm seeing right now with the 76ers, you know, 
they played without Embiid and they won game one, uh, it's it's going to be a six or seven game series. But if they could somehow sneak and win game two, it's going to be very hard for Boston to come back. Boston screwed around. They were running up and down the court. I mean, and for them to lose game one when they were shooting 75% in the first half and they were only up by three, they let Philly hang around. They definitely had the better team. They didn't have the MVP um, playing. Embiid was out game one, and, and on paper, I could not even see from an outsider standpoint how Boston would lose the game. Forget about covering the 10 points. We were obviously on the other side. We loved Philly, um, and they got the job done, and they won similar to, to yesterday when we had um, when we had the, the Heat. And, again, no Jimmy Butler. We get it at seven before the Butler um, before the Butler injury was announced. Um, like our good friend that does our NBA said, it was already factored in. He even predicted it where it's already factored. And even if he doesn't play, the line is still positive for positive EV for us to still play it. It went all the way up to 10, and they got the job done with the seven anyway. And they were literally within two points most of the game. So just because you're seeing these superstars not playing, it doesn't mean the team not only can't win or cover. So it's anybody that's trying to bet NBA on their own just with an opinion, any normal square, as I call them, oh, and beads out, Boston's going to roll Philly. Boston loses outright in game one. Now, the unique part about the NBA playoffs versus the NBA season, you're seeing these teams back-to-back-to-back, and you're playing them, you know, four times in a 12-game, in a 12-day period. I mean, there's going to be strategy with these coaches and how they run these lineups, and game-to-game, it changes. So, anybody that's just, like, looking and doing their manual handicapping day-to-day, I could see how they get absolutely obliterated night after night after night because it's that hard to predict outcomes if you're doing it from an opinion standpoint. If you're using a strategy like positive EV trading, then it's really not that hard. It's just mindless. Even if you lose a game, it doesn't matter because it's an individualized so for the listeners, trade. For, 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 for the new listeners out there, let's, let's, de- let's, let's take a – Let's. We got a speed bump on the road. What is positive? I'm. I'm. I'm interviewing you now. What is positive EV trading? So EV stands for expected value, and you are getting the best market rate because you're scanning screens. When I say screens, you could be using um, Don Best screens, where you're seeing the pricing locally and in the islands, the island being Costa Rica, and overseas in Russia, where you're actually seeing the global price versus a local price. A local price may be DraftKings or FanDuel, um, where also you're, you're seeing some of the sharp books that don't back out winners. So obviously this might be a lot of information for guys that are not accustomed to hearing this, 
FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, all those books, they back out winners because primarily they use recreational betting as a platform. When you go to other books, um, they don't back out winners. You could actually see when sharp money is moving the line versus public money moving the line. Then you're, you're scalping and seeing, am I getting a better price at this book versus the other? And why is this book moving the price? Because it's not public money, it's sharp money. So if you're basically following the money in the short version, we do the work for you. So instead of you sitting in front of screens eight hours a day and monitoring where the line is moving, and if the public versus sharp money is moving it, you're working a nine-to-five, you have a career, you're running a business, you're a family man, you're on the road a lot, you don't have time to monitor these lines. That's what we do for you. So we're putting out the selections based on the work and the homework that we do, which NBA, we haven't really done much overnight pricing because of the injury concern. Um, with college basketball, that's all we did was overnight pricing. So you're getting a lot of those prices much better than the going rate um, overnight. And then, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times we closed on a college basketball games where we had a four or five point advantage because the line moved the other way. And it doesn't always work that way. It's not a proven formula where every single price is going to be advantageous to us, but primarily and we're going to get the better price. And, and it doesn't even mean the game's going to win. So you could have gotten four or five points better than the number and still lost the bet. <laughs> so that, that's the other part of it. As we always say, Dave likes to say he'd rather lose a game that he closed good on than win a game that he closed bad on. As crazy as that sounds, you're exactly correct. So for the listeners out there, just because you beat the number and you get five points better, that does not denote that you're actually going to win the wager, correct? That's correct. But also, just to circle back, because your original question to me was, can the Suns – sorry, I got off track here. Um, Can the Suns win the series? My answer is no. I, I just don't see it. Um, you know, for me, I to me, the eyeball test in the playoffs does matter. Regular season, not so much just because it's so many games. But they don't have the depth. Denver has home field advantage. Denver's the stronger team. Denver's playing better. Um, they just don't have the weapons because even if Booker and Durant go off, and now with Chris Paul being out, they just they don't have the depth. They run a very short seven-man rotation, which in the playoffs in a seven-game series, it's very hard to for everybody to be hot on the same night. And even if Durant puts up 30, even if Booker puts up 30, they still at 60 points. They're going to need 120, 130 for them to win these games against Denver. And Denver's just a better team. And, and this is what we've been looking for for Denver in previous years. Can they close in the playoffs. They haven't been able to do it in the past, but it's a different Denver team. They're more mature. They're finally healthy. Last year, the biggest concern was they didn't have their second best player in Jamal Murray. Um, they didn't have the cohesion between Gordon, Michael Porter, and Murray and Jokic. They all were part of it, except Murray, but they weren't they didn't play a whole 
year together like they have this year. So they're the healthier team. They're the better team. Um, they have more weapons, and I just don't see how this team gets slowed down. Now, in the Golden State Lakers series, that's a different story. Obviously, the Lakers took home field advantage away from Golden State yesterday, which is a very powerful message. That, And I, I said this. We've been talking about this for weeks on the radio, John. The Lakers are not a prototypical seven seed. They're a team that was injured throughout the year. They traded away Westbrook, which was obviously a problem for them, not an advantage. They got D'Lo. They have these key role players that they they had when they had that crazy championship run in the bubble in Disney. And that's what I'm seeing from them now. They have that. If Anthony Davis could stay consistent and not get hurt, they can compete with Denver. I, I truly believe that. But then again, you could see Golden State, you know, they get hot from three. And, you know, last night was a typical example. They they played great defense on the last possession of the game. They doubled Curry. They made Curry pass it because we all know Curry doesn't miss. And they're down, to, you know, the Warriors are down three, and they, and they make them Curry. They trap Curry. They make him pass it. And a guy that is not a closer – and Jordan Poole misses a three, and then that's what really ends the game. So, you know, it's gonna, that's going to be a very, very fun series. I'm excited for that. But I just don't see Denver losing to the Suns. I mean, the Suns gave away too much depth for Durant, and it's, you could see that in the playoffs because just, they just don't have enough firepower to be able to compete. So, but it's, it's awesome to watch. It's awesome to see. I love the playoffs personally. I hate watching regular season NBA, but – Playoffs are all very exciting. And for the listeners that weren't with us through the NBA season, if you were a member following our advice, subscribing to our services, and getting access to Dave Miller's NBA Telegram channel, you had won 205 games. You have lost 160 games. And you pushed on 11 games on the closing number, which means if you were betting $1,000 a game, you won 205000 you lost 176000 and you're up $29,000 after the VIG playing every NBA game. And this goes back to the reality that short-term streaks don't matter. Eight and two doesn't matter. Nine and one doesn't matter. What matters is where do you stand after 391, excuse me, 92 games? So think about that. As of yes, up to today, we played 392 NBA games and we're up 29 units after the VIG. So that's where we stand in that. Now, let's talk about yesterday's record before we get into the things that some new listeners may have never heard before. And before I regurgitate the information that was sent to me by my good friend Cal in Kansas City, he gets his own segment on the radio show every week. But before we break that down, how was our underdog record yesterday in baseball? 4-0. 4-0. 4-0. Well, since it's new listeners, what were the games? What were the results? So yesterday we had 
Oh, let me just key it up. I've just been going back and forth. Uh, so we had the Nationals plus 120, winner. We had the Rockies plus 145, winner. We had the Giants plus 170, winner. And then we had the Reds plus 175, winner. So they all had one thing in common, Mike. We're explaining that they were all what? Underdogs. Underdogs. So for the listeners, I don't want to bore all of our continual weekly listeners and subscribers. If you're out there and you're betting favorites, please stop. That's my public service announcement in baseball. Not only will you never win, it is statistically impossible actually to win. I have said it for decades, and I will say it for the next 10 decades. And I always joke around and I say, if you don't have access to a service, you can't afford to subscribe to have your plays cherry-picked. You can simply bet every underdog, and you'll make money. So let's just start there. Yesterday, underdogs were 9-5. and five. Nine wins and five losses with a winning percentage of 64.2.8% yesterday, as per the information given to me by Cal. I take no responsibility for these numbers, as he informed me this morning. Yesterday, if you bet every single dog, which means you risked $1,000, no juice, on 14 games, you made $7,060. You made $7,060 yesterday, which is a 50.42% return. Yesterday, if you flipped it and you played every favorite, you lost $9,200. You risked $22,090 to win uh, you know, 1000 on each game. So you had 14 games, but you actually risked 22090 and you lost 9200 That encompasses my theory in a whole, that you can't win betting favorites. Anybody that claims to think they can win betting favorites, it's an illusion, and it's not possible. So where do we stand on the season? So on the season right now, we're 61 and 86. Um, the average pick release over 147 releases is plus 161. Think about that. Not even plus 120. We're not taking short favorites. We're not sitting there going, oh, well, you know, it's this AI model indicates doesn't matter. The only time we actually take a half bet on the actual game is if we get a positive price on the spread as well. So if the, you know, Oakland Athletics are playing – and they're plus 190, but plus one and a half is also plus any price, then we the wager automatically gets split, and it's half the wager on the money line, half the wager on the spread. But otherwise, it's all dogs. So when, when this happens and you're at 61 and 86 was the record for the actual season, at 41%, we're plus 8.98 net wins. It's almost nine units. So winning percentage does not correlate to winning money, especially in 
uh, baseball. And that's one of the things, if you're out there and you're a new listener and you see ads and somebody says, I'm, you know, 5-0 and in the last five, and he's especially talking about baseball, that really doesn't mean anything if you're betting favorites. Um, and you said we're 41.1% currently. That was the same percentage we were last week. We're outperforming the, the actual market by 2%. So right now, dogs currently are 62.2% for the season. And favor, and excuse me, favorites, excuse me, let me back up. Favorites are 60.7% for the season. Dogs are 39.3% for the season. If this is your first time listening, there will never be any number greater than 60-40 at the end of the baseball season, and it vacillates by one or two percentage points over the course of the season. So at any given time, if you just blindly bet 10 underdogs, you will win four and lose six. Depending on the prices, you could lose a little money, you could break even, or you could win a lot of money. So, so we're a little ahead of that 39.3% because we're at 41.1%, and we're actually cherry-picking for the season. Now, here's where it gets even wilder on the data. The, the, the data of betting favorites, it's so useless to bet favorites in baseball that when you look at the numbers, it is astounding. Right now, if you bet every favorite, which nobody would do, obviously, Mike, this is just an exercise in mathematics, you would have risked $731,990 based on risking to win $1,000 per game on the favorites, and the gambler would be down $3,300 which is minus 0.45%, minus half a percent. And, th- and, and so this is why it's so hard. And here we are. We risked four units yesterday, 4,000 on those four games. The net result is we win 6,100. And now we basically win two extra games just on the dog juice. So, like I said, you know, a lot of people that are listening don't even like baseball, Mike. They shut it down after March Madness. They shut it down after February when the when the foot, when football is over. Um, and then they say, "I don't like baseball. I'm taking the summer off." While it is literally uh, the easiest sport to make money on because two reasons: there's an absence of a point spread. You're not worrying about my team winning and not covering. How many times have you laid? nine on a game in that, that favorite in football, and they've won by seven. And then you can play juice-free. Everybody's chasing to get the best of the number on spreads. Everybody's chasing to get reduced juice on spread betting. Here you get, a, you get the best of both worlds. You don't have a point spread, and you don't have juice. Nobody's been able to prove me otherwise with continual updated data in real time since I started doing this over 10 years ago, Mike. And so I enjoy it. I feel bad for clients that try to chase pitchers. Um, 
it's okay if you want to handicap pitchers. It's okay if you want to use that as one of your methodologies of why you would wager on a baseball game. It's not okay if you're wagering on the game. It's only okay if you're wagering on the first five innings when that pitcher isn't even going to be in. And this is the thing that a lot of times gets overlooked. And also what gets overlooked is streaks in baseball, Mike. For listeners out there, winning streaks are much lower than the losing streaks in baseball. So most of the time it's a lot easier for a bad team to lose nine in a row than it is for a team to win 10 in a row. And right now we're in a little wild period where we have more winning streaks than we have losing streaks. So just to give you the notable streaks right now, Mike, the Dodgers, the Dodgers, the the most useless team in baseball to wager on, is on a five-game winning streak. They're actually eight and two in their last ten. Um, so that that can happen. Teams can get on a streak. If you've wagered on them, you're down $125 for the season. You cannot make money with them um, because they're always favorites. They've only been an underdog one time. They're 17 and 12 as a favorite. 0-1 is a dog. Other notable winning streaks is a f- another a four-game winning streak. Boston, 6-4 and four in the last 10, has won four games in a row. They are 17-14. and 14. They are plus $284 for the season. And why is that, Mike? The answer is their favorite ratio to dog ratio is even, basically. They're 9-5 and five as a favorite, and they're one game under 500 as a dog. They've been a dog 17 times. They're 8-9, and nine, but those eight wins were more valuable than those nine losses. When you look for teams, you're looking for teams that are predominantly underdogs and not favorites. Teams that can't perform as an underdog, and I'm going to give you a wild stat here. And I'm going to add, before I give it to you, Mike, which team has never won a game as an underdog this season? And see if you can guess off the top of your head without looking at anything. Say that one more time. Which team has never, I'm going to even do one better. I'm going to give you the record. This team is 15 and nine as a favorite. They are 0 and six as an underdog. Therefore, they are a non-profitable team. They have not won one game as an underdog. It is the largest amount of losses for a team as an underdog, and it's the only team in baseball that has not won one game beside the Dodgers. I take that back. Dodgers are 0-1 as an underdog, but this other team is 0-6 as an underdog. Hmm. Are they in the AL or the They're 15-9 ah, as a favorite, so they actually have a winning record. Actually, I take that back. They're even for the season. AL or NL? Who's Baltimore got the robbery with? Yankees. The Yankees are 0-6 as a favorite. 
Unbelievable. They've been a favorite six times. They can't win the game. So the line makers have this team dialed in. When they make them an underdog, they're making them an underdog for a reason. When they make them a favorite thus far, they're making them a favorite for a reason. Now, let's go back to the most profitable team in baseball is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're 12 and 10 overall, but that's not why they're profitable because they are up more than their margin of wins. 12, 20 minus 10 is 10. They are up $1,233. And the reason why is they are 12 and 9 as an underdog and they are 7 and 1 as a favorite. So the majority of those 20 wins have been 12 of those 20 wins. Think about that. Mike, they're 20, they've only won 20 games. 12 of those wins has been as an underdog. That's all money. The line makers keep disrespecting the team number one in the NL Central. They just keep making them an underdog, and they keep winning. So these are the things that a lot of people don't dissect and look at, and it's just why we're up nine units. How many games are we down for the season, you said? I'm pretty sure it was, let me see, uh, 61 and 86. So we are 61. How many? So we're down 20. Wow, it's early. I haven't had enough coffee yet. Can you imagine telling someone you're 61 and 86 and you're up nine units? For those of you that think TGIF. We're down 25 games. So listen, for all those listeners out there, we are down 25 games. And we're up nine units. And we're not going to play every day. As I said on my YouTube channel the other day, we skipped Wednesday. There was no plays. Sunday, there was no plays. This is a system where you know you have a 162-game season, and we're only 30 games into the season. Can you believe that, Mike? We're only 30 games into a 162-game season, not counting postseason. Really? That's it? Tampa Bay's 24-6. and six. Angels are 16-14. and 14. Pittsburgh's 20-10. and 10. Baltimore is 20 and 9. Some games 30, some games uh, 29, depending upon rain delays and schedules. What do you think about the Baltimore Orioles right now? 20 and 9 um, have been a favorite 16 times, and they're 14 and 2 as a favorite, Mike. Did you ever think, I am 50 years old, I, this team won yes. the World Series when I was yes. 10? I'm telling you, I've. I have guys that work for the Orioles organization. They don't anymore. A good friend of mine from high school was one of the scouts. He did all the pitching tapes. So he's still really inter- – he doesn't work for the organization anymore, but he's very intertwined because football, basketball, it's a draft. With baseball, you have the farm leagues that come up, so you kind of know your potential for these guys that are being groomed in the farm leagues in AAA. And he said that last year. He goes, Wait till you see these guys coming up. They are studs. They've they've had a really good farm system. That's why a lot of these bigger teams, if they basically pay for players or they give away their farm system for help during the year, we, the Orioles, did the reverse. They got rid of their all-star closer last year, and they got farm players for them. 
And you don't really see that right away, but you start to see that in, in future years. And a lot, of, he was very excited about this year. Do I think we are going to be the third best team in the league record wise after five weeks in the season? No, but I saw a lot of potential and he was a lot of hype surrounding this team. And early in the season, I thought, man, can our starting pitchers hang because we're scoring a ton of runs and our relievers are coming in and our bullpen is giving up a ton of runs. And they've tightened up. They're holding leads. They're coming back from being down. They're playing good on the road. I mean, you you can't ask for a better start for the Orioles. Hopefully, they'll have more fans in the stands because I am the complete opposite. I mean, I know you went to a game with Junior. And that might have been exciting. I just, I can't do it. I, I can't, I just can't sit there. Maybe with the pitch clock. It was now. really exciting. And I spent, I think, 150 on two hot dogs. It was, it was lovely. Um, no, yeah. it was a good time. It was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, but what's, what's also interesting, let me just go back to Cal's text to me this morning. Um, so for all the listeners out there, don't get it twisted. If you've played every favorite, you're down 3,300. But here's even the proof of the pudding of why being cherry-picking the system is what you need to do to make money. Is if you'd bet every underdog in baseball blindly for the season, you would be down 40,000. You'd be down 40 units. Okay? So... We're up nine units down 25 games. So the blind betting system doesn't work, whether it's favorites or whether it's dogs. Ironically, they're both losing. You bet every favorite, you're down three units. You bet every underdog, you're down 40 units. The value is to realize that if you have a pie, you omit six slices of the pie if there's 10 slices. And you're doing all your analysis off the four slices. And if you do that, you're going to be strategic. And you're going to only have released 61 wins and 86 losses. And you're going to have a 25-game deficit. And you're going to be up nine units. So once so again, a lot of people not interject. make fun of me. Not to interject. But I am going to interject. I had a client that's texted me and he said, you guys went 4 and 0 in bases, 1 and 1 in NBA, but you went 0 and 3 in totals. Why do you act like you kicked ass? Well, Don, we did kick ass because the underdogs we collected well, we're 6. We're on the radio. Well, let's, let's keep our language clean. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We we definitely did. We still won 3.1 units for the actual evening, which means did we have a losing night in overs? Yes. Yeah, but Do nobody cares about short-term variance. What's what's your over record? I know, but I just I, I I like the transparency but, but, of the but, show. But 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 and yes, and we lost last week in soccer. That's not the point. When I'm talking about baseball underdogs, what I'm trying to teach the person that isn't a subscriber is they can save themselves a lot of aggravation and a lot of grief by not caring about pitchers. And if you do care about pitchers, only care about the first five innings, and that's it. Like. That's the saving grace of baseball. The reason why most people get frustrated has nothing to do. And first of all, Don, if for for the listening for the listener and client, Don, 
Not everybody is active in all of our Telegram channels. Not everybody is subscribing to all of our products. Some people don't want totals. Some people only want NBA. Some people only want soccer. We have a lot of international clients that don't want U.S. sports. You know, we're, we're of the world of bet it and forget it, regardless of what shape the ball is like a business. But there is a percentage of entertainment. There is a percentage of fanfare of people wanting to like, quote unquote, like the sport that they wager on. Um, so I'm making a very valid point over a large sample size of how a lot of people think that I'm out of my mind, especially newbies, when I talk about only betting underdogs and omitting winners on the favorite side. Find me a sport where I could have bet 147 games, have lost 25 more games than I've won, and I'm up nine units. It's not because I'm a good handicapper. It's not because I'm a good prognosticator. It's not because every dog wins because yesterday the dogs were nine and five and there was five losers. We just happen to have four winners out of those nine winners. We could have also, Mike, and it's happened before, Mike, where we've had four games on a day and the dogs have gone 10 and four and we've had every loser. And we come in and we just shake our head. We go, wow. But what you're doing is you're losing juice free. And the fact that the juice is your enemy, the VIG is your enemy, the commissions are your enemy, losing is not your enemy, winning is not your enemy, that is all part of the long-term variance. Back to Dave playing 392 NBA games and being up 29 games a season. I mean, as a matter of fact, like I tell people, Mike, Dave Miller is 205, 160, and 11 in the NBA. So if you're if if you if you're somebody out there and you're listening and you you make thirty grand a year, forty grand a year, fifty grand a year, and you made an extra twenty nine thousand betting the NBA, and I just said you're up twenty nine thousand for the season, well that's not painting a true picture. Dave's gone on some horrendous losing streaks. He's had one hundred and sixty losers, but he's had more winning streaks than losing streaks. And when I say horrendous, three games, four games, five games, not horrendous. To the average Joe, it's horrendous. But you have to look at the big picture and you have to zoom out. You know, and this is the thing what most people don't do. They don't zoom out. They zoom in. And the bottom line is, if you're out there and you never subscribe and you just listen and follow on YouTube or you listen to the radio show for free, and you save yourself the grief of laying these crazy prices in baseball, and you cherry-pick dogs, you're going to make money. If you're the guy that's going to lay $290 on the San Diego Padres tonight because Lugo is pitching, then you deserve to lose. Because you cannot fundamentally make money laying $290 on a favorite, even if they win 10 nothing, 20 nothing, get it's just physically not possible. If you play the Tampa Bay Devil Rays against the most profitable team in all of baseball, against a team that is 20 and 10, and you lay $235 with McClanahan against Keller, you deserve to lose. Even if you win, you'll be a net loser. If you play the Cubs minus 205, on the road, at the Nationals, 
with Stroman pitching against Irvin, you deserve to lose. You will not be able to overcome it even if you win. So this is, this is what people don't understand. If you play those three underdogs blindly, the odds are you're going to win 33% of your wagers and break even. You're going to lose two units on the two favorites that win, and then you have another one unit to win two units. So you're always in a position where you're one and two, and you're even basically on prices of 200 or higher or up actually a little bit of money. So hopefully that makes sense to you as well as uh, Don, who was listening. What is your overall totals record since we started? And you're really new into this. You avoided the first month of play. What's the total record for all the listeners out there? I got to update it from yesterday. Let me see real quick. I know we were up a net we'll just unit at the end of last week. And there's only been and then three games last night, so technically it's down two units in eight days, which is nothing. I mean, we just yeah, but started. what's the win-loss record? Win-loss record. I have to look it up. I don't have it keyed up. And again, who cares? Again, this is what this is what, for anybody that's that emotional and and doesn't understand the reality of five hundred games, a thousand games. You know, Cal, my good friend in Kansas City and client. You know, we talked about this concept of game, game frequency and game analyst analysis. Take someone like Dave Miller. You take any sharp better that does this for a living. I don't want to hear anything unless you got a thousand games six, under your six, belt. Eight, the reality. Six, what is it? Six, oh, you're horrible, man. Eight, I, I want a refund. I want. I want a refund now. Six, <laughs> eight, and two. You, you, you lousy loser. You. Mm, mm, mm. Don't call Mike. He's six eight and two. You're lucky you pushed on those two games, or you could have been six and uh, ten. <laughs> you know, but again, we keep it real. The music's going to start soon. Before you blink, if you want to come in from the outside to the inside, give us a call eight 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 two zero one four two zero one. Go to. Uh, my YouTube channel, The Syndicate Insider, John Syndicate on YouTube. You can look, go to my website, johnsyndicate.com. You can DM Mike on Instagram, VR underscore Mike Safir. That's a Ukrainian last name, S-A-F-I-R. And, uh, you know, make it a long, hopefully it'll be a long, hot, humid summer. Right now it's still wintertime. I'm wearing a jacket, Mike. It's May 3rd and it's 50 degrees. Do you ever remember it being this cold in Baltimore? No, not in May. Not in May. This is ridiculous. We had no snow this year for all you listeners, um, but we knew that we wouldn't get a free. We, there's no free lunch, so we have an extended winter. Um, so what do you think, Mike? Pirates today plus the 235. For all you listeners out there, that's my free winner, even if it doesn't qualify. Take the number one team in baseball money-wise, Pirates plus 235. Even though I don't really give out free winners, but it sounds nice. So hopefully that's you guys what, uh, enjoyed the show. We'll be back next Terry week. Go ahead. Games. That's it. I think that oh, I thought the music was just starting. I, I have no, a couple the seconds. Music, you want me? If you, go ahead. If you want us to cherry pick the games, give us a call. You know how to reach us. Very informative. If you don't, John, give them the number. 
1-888-201-4201. I want to give you 25 more wins, 25 more losses than wins, and still show you how I can make you money. Easy. Just got to be real and be willing to handle the roller coaster ride, handle the variance, understand just like the stock market doesn't go up every day, nor does the sports markets. If you think that there's any difference in correlation between the financial markets and the sports markets, you're setting yourself up for emotional and psychological failure before you even get started. Absolutely. That's all I got to say to you. And, uh, all I can say is I think Lamar, I think we could, we could, I think those odds, I think plus 2,500 is generous. Our partner wanted to play Jacksonville as a futures ticket. Did you ever think that Jacksonville, who's the quarterback for Jacksonville? He's pretty good. Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. I, I think, uh, would you ever think that Jacksonville and Baltimore would be the same preseason? Yeah. I mean, they, they made the, it to the playoffs last year. So I don't, I don't, I believe in the formula that they have over there. They should have a, a pretty good season, especially coming off a playoff run. And and now that it, another preseason offseason under the belt for Lawrence. I mean, the, the kid's a stud. The magic man is uh, is pretty, pretty good. Well, maybe you take the Jacksonville ticket. How about these odds? Oh, there it is. Future auto we'll talk about these odds next, next week. Sports Insider Radio.